Lap 12. We get Perez channeling his inner Logan Sargent, his inner <laughs> Latifi, and just smashes the side of freaking Magnuson. <laughs> just imagine Kevin sitting in the cockpit giving Perez the bird. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's going to do it, it's K-Mag. Like, he, will, he will get out and fight you. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast. We're your host, Curtin Dillon. And this is the Japanese Grand Prix review episode, and we're going to try to unpack all the shenanigans that <laughs> took place this weekend. You know, it's funny. It was like, it's a weekend to forget for a couple drivers. Absolutely. For a couple of teams. Yeah, for sure. And then on the other side of the coin, it's like, you know, a weekend it's absolutely to remember for a couple guys and, you know, a couple teams too. So it's funny how it's like, one side, it's like a complete tragedy, and the other side, it's like a highlight of the year or a career. Well, and the funny thing about it is, like, it was good racing. Everything kind of played out like it should. Wasn't overly anything crazy, safety cars and stuff like that. But the amount of, like, drama behind <laughs> the scenes in the race is it's crazy if we if we were like hey we're not going to cover any of the drama we're going to cover what happened on the racetrack there would not this would not be a long podcast yeah but there's but that's so much drama behind the scenes i know and i'm looking at like we could record this right after the race is over but on a race like this there was like even to last night last night in the uh i was sitting down and i was watching different drivers on boards and things and seeing other things that were going on so you'd miss so much from just the tele yeah. uh the broadcast on TV, you know? You almost have to digest it. I, I digest it and then I like I think about it. I, I try to like put my review notes at the end of it. And then as I like scroll the Formula One website and whatnot, like little blurbs will pop up um and stuff that, that are just interesting tidbits that if we recorded right afterwards, I would never get. I like, you know, mix it. There's so much behind the scenes here. Exactly. So Let's go ahead and start off with the beginning of the weekend. You know, not too much really took place in practice. Um, everything was dry. Everything was straightforward. There's a couple of accidents and whoopsies and cars hitting walls, but nothing. Uh, I didn't really notice anything. To note. No. And then uh, we got to Saturday and qualifying, which an old a good one bear right out of the <laughs> oh. gate. <laughs> Oh my god! One thing I did I did note for this weekend was the spirit of Nicholas Latifi was running strong this weekend. There was it's like everybody, not everybody, a few drivers were all competing to see who could be the next replacement for Nicholas Latifi. And Logan Sargent put his bid in real early. (laughs) Yes, it does. Man, Q one for Logan Sargent on a weekend when he can't really afford too many whoopsies like this no. and so this weekend he had to kind of hold it together and he, i don't he think kind he of got reminds the me of mick schumacher like has talent has potential cost the company way too much money from tearing the car apart constantly <laughs> yeah like, for sure it, it's he biffed it into the wall hard like blew the whole back half of the car off almost back <laughs> I, suspension. I just, it was hilarious when they went to the uh the view from the garage and the mechanics were just sitting there and you could see just the look of despair on their face they're like not again <laughs> like please just how give many me times a do break. we have to put this car back together <laughs> man yeah that was yeah, not good and i i do wonder like we've said for Logan, we're getting on a bit of a tangent, but we'll bring, we'll bring it back. I do wonder, as all of this plays out, 
you know, ha or Haas, James Fowles has been very clear that, hey, you have a seat. You just need to improve. You need to be consistent. You need to stop crashing the car. That's all we're asking. And then you have Liam Lawson sitting in an Alpha Tower doing what Liam is doing, scoring more points than Logan Sargent in a car that's probably not as good as the Williams. I wonder if that pressure is getting turned up. I wonder if, if he is aware that his seat might be at risk. I'm sure he's, you know, acutely aware. Everybody's been talking about it. And it's one of those things where it's like, Liam Lawson is the wrench in the gears that nobody really saw coming until Danny Ricardo hurt himself. And now that he's there and now that he's getting points, he's outscoring, outperforming Yuki in his third, you know, first, second, third race of the season. And Yuki's been there all year, multiple years. It's it's not looking good. He's turning up the pressure for a few people, you know, and I think the other one is, you know, big bro Checo over there at Red Bull. You know, he uh, he didn't need this weekend either, but. Oof, here we yeah, are this is uh well yeah okay so anyway back to quali logan Sargent biffs it into the wall out of the gate channeling his inner latifi strongly um everything else across q1 was pretty business as usual i didn't think in q1 anything else really stood out we lost uh botas lance stroll in 17th place lance stroll in 17th place just gonna yeah just make sure to make a note Nico of that one was not Mr. Saturday this weekend down at 18th and then Zhou Yu. So, you know, kind of our normal back of the field, Haas, right. Alfa Romeo, and Lance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, we man. go into Q2, and, uh, you know, I think that, again, not a lot of surprises in Q2. We lost Liam Lawson, Gasly, Albon, Ocon, Magnuson. Again, kind of the people you expect, especially on Suzuka. Doesn't fit that the Williams car very well. Um, both the Alpines kind of business as usual. Liam Lawson uh, actually has done some racing here. He did a, a he raced um, Super Formula, Super Formula, which isn't to more than Formula Two. I don't even fully understand. Yeah, what it is. they've been referring to it as a Formula One point five, which they say the cars are pretty quick, but obviously not Formula One level. But yeah. apparently he's been doing pretty well. So kind of all good there. And then we get to Q1. And, and you know, pretty interesting results at the end as they came around. Max Verstappen was a mile in front of everyone. He kept setting new benchmarks, purpling every sector. It was like, yep, Super Max is back. No one, there was no doubt in my mind that he wasn't walking away with pole. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, But... You know, Perez wasn't putting in blistering times. The McLarens were fast and the Ferraris were looking pretty fast. I didn't think that they were going to put it up in P2. Um, but as those times kept coming in, it was it was pretty interesting to see who ended up where. And we ended up with Oscar Piastri in front of Lando Norris by five hundredths of a second. You know, Oscar Piastri is I'll put all my money on him winning rookie of the year. And oh, yeah. I mean, I mean competition. Who's a, Logan Sargent <laughs> and Nick DeVries. <laughs> uh, safe bet right there. Go ahead. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one, Kurt. I'll take that to the bank. <laughs> but yeah, no, Oscar Piastri, man, he is so impressive. This kid is, you know, up and coming, probably like a, a new Max Verstappen eventually, if he keeps he, this up. He seems to have the talent. He's also got the chops or the uh, the demeanor of the great 
Kimi Raikkonen, where getting a <laughs> smile out of Oscar says something. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's funny. You've got Lando Norris, complete goofball on one side, and then you've got Oscar Piastri, who's just just wants to get it over with and get away from the cameras as quickly as possible. I saw, I think there's an engineer. It was somebody, was it Will Buxton? I saw an interview where they were talking about Oscar and they're like, he's great because he doesn't mince words. He's very clear and concise on the radio. He's very well-spoken in what he's feeling and whatnot, but he's also the guy that less is more. He doesn't say anything more than he needs to. Like they're like, it's a great thing to have in a race car driver. That's just very clear and concise, very even tempered, you know, even demeanor. Um, which plays to him being a great race car driver probably has yeah. a hell of a future. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then Lando three Leclerc beat signs for the first weekend. And how long? It's been a four. bit. It's been a minute. Yeah. Perez down in five signs and six Lewis and George seven and eight. Hey, Lewis hasn't been beating George a lot on Saturday. So I was, it was interesting seeing Lewis Lewis put a good time in there. Yep. Got Yuki Sonoda in front of the home crowd at ninth, and then Fernando Alonso bringing up the rear in tenth. They said a stat last night: Fernando Alonso has not gone out before Q three the entire year. Nice. His lowest starting position is tenth place. Well, it keeps that streak up. That's pretty impressive. That is, yeah. Look, especially when you got Max Verstappen starting. What was he eleventh in Singapore? Yeah. So. <laughs> Good for good for and then also Fernando's partner is always down there going out in Q1 for the most part. How he's just do should we revisit our unpopular opinions? You had one unpopular opinion that we should <sighs> okay. I had one unpopular opinion that Lance Stroll isn't that bad of a driver. Um I will go ahead and retract that. <laughs> I think so. So, and my my thing was like he had put in some good performances. I felt that he wasn't that good because he didn't have the pressure to perform. I feel like you know the pressure has kind of been turning up a little bit, and he's getting worse. So yeah. I I don't know. He's had some spurts of of good times, good drives here and there, but he's not consistent. He doesn't deserve to be, or yeah, he doesn't deserve to belong in a car that's competing for second, third, and constructors. To be in a Formula One car. Ooh, damn! Hey, the truth has been spoken. The truth has been spoken. <laughs> race right. day, Kurt. Bro, race day. This is awesome, man. I don't think we've had a chaotic start in a long time. They've been pretty good getting away from the line. I don't think we've had a first. Yeah, there's been no turn one incidents really. And then on this one, it's like trying to see where there's like multiple issues multiple you know collisions going on and i was watching everything back and at the start of this race i blame a couple of these incidents on perez because when you're looking at the start perez he was lined up uh where's my notes okay next to uh lewis and george and okay so when yeah when you look at the start here checo and leclerc were close were kind of next to each other they both got poor starts both of them had slow starts. So because of that, you had Hamilton and Signs trying to squeeze four cars into a track that's only wide enough for like three and a half cars. So that was never going to work. But then Perez, once Signs comes up on the right side, the inside of Perez, Perez just yanks it to the left. And that's when he had that contact with uh, Lewis. And so that Lewis was the first wasn't one. that smart being down the grass. He was the third right. and a half car with half the car in the grass. Not. Uh, it's not the exactly. best place to put your car. 
And it's one of those things. It's like, you know, the different drivers and certain drivers you can get away with stuff with. The way Checo's been driving lately, he's like got the blinders on. Like you might as you're going up against Lance Stroll almost in that scenario. So kind of use your wisdom and don't put yourself in that position. Uh, luckily, and he I made agree it out. with you because he clearly knew who he was beside because as soon as he got hit, he was like, Perez just hit me. Like he knew he was next to Perez, which I guess you got hit by a Red Bull. The other Red Bulls are already 30 seconds out front. But <laughs> so I guess it's yeah. not that hard. But just to your point, he knew who, who he was next to. Like, yeah. So I, I think for Lewis, that was kind of a, a high risk maneuver and he's lucky it didn't end his race there. Yeah. Um, and then further back when, with the other issue where you look at Albon and uh, Albon had a, a fairly not as good of a start. The the group ahead of him were taken off. So he got a kind of a slow start too. And then you had Bottas who got an awesome start trying to yep. squeeze between Albon and Ocon. And as soon as that same thing happened there, Ocon kind of drifted to the left, hit Bottas, Bottas yanked it, and Albon went up on three wheels and really, you know, compromised Albon's race at that point. I think I it mean, done, did a lot of damage. Um, so yeah, it was kind of the same scenario in two separate parts of the track, but it was crazy to see because as soon as the you know lights out you see carbon flying everywhere it was all awesome. carbon everywhere what did we have three people need new front wings at the end of that too like i wrote it down <laughs> because think i was super happy they pulled the safety car out just for note taking and replays right they pulled yes. the safety car out because there's so much carbon everywhere and that allows everyone to kind of you know the commentators run all the replays then to see it all but i wrote down Ocon, Joe, Perez, Albon, Sargent, and Botas all had to pit. Yes. Yep. And Sergio Perez got his first of three wings. <laughs> oh, yes. my God. This guy. Um, also, to say, though, but Alonzo had a phenomenal start. He was in sixth and bounced it up into P4 out of the he game. He did. He did. So Alonzo had a great start. Uh, and let's not forget about the front row battle as well, because that was super aggressive. So you had Max lined up next to Piastri and Max just shot over to close that door immediately. But then you see Lando just cr trying to jackrabbit up by Max and then Max just yanks it back to the other side. It was it was impressive that he was able to hold them both off for one. But and also Lando was in front of him going into the turn. Exactly. Yeah. And so for him to hold both of them kind of off. And then not hit anybody, like all three of them. That was good for all three of them. But Oscar Piastri kind of lost out because, you know, he had to back off so much that then Lando was yep. able to dive in and take second place. But yeah, what a wild start. It was. And it just goes to show, like, I don't, I would have loved to have heard, been in the room when McLaren was talking about their race start strategy. Uh, because obviously you can't plan for lando to get as good of a start as he did for max to try and cover all like all of the variables at play but that was some really good squeezing max lando was in front of max from third position going into turn one max just brought more speed into the turn and pulled it out the other side like if it yeah. wasn't for that red bull being so incredibly fast Lando that was lando's p1 and they were even yeah. talking about it in the interviews afterwards lando was like i almost had him but he was like, realistically, it doesn't matter. As soon as we got around the next corner, that Red Bull would just be gone. So yeah. it doesn't, it makes sense for Lando being a smart driver to kind of concede, survive, know that you're not going to win this race, even if you want to. Second place is great. Yep. And we also forgot before the safety car came out, did you see that battle between Liam Lawson and Yuki Sonoda? They were going Dude. back and forth. That's, <laughs> and that was. 
it goes to show that Lawson is like, I don't care. I don't have a seat. I didn't have a contract extension. So what are you going to do? Fire me? Danny's coming back next week anyway. So yeah. he didn't give a shit. It was his teammate. He was he was racing to win. Exactly. And he showed that he can go wheel to wheel. And, you know, they it was clean. Yeah, I don't know what would have happened. Yeah, exactly. Fourth race in F1. It, the the future is exciting with Oscar Piastri and Liam Lawson both coming onto the grid. Uh, you know, Liam will he'll be there eventually. It's going to be exciting because he shows that he's got the, some chops. He does. Uh, it's super exciting. So we get through lap one, safety car. Everyone picks up the carbon, you know, restart, kind of business as usual. And all of a sudden, Botas is uh, lap five, just off the track. <laughs> and it was hilarious because you just see Botos go off the track and then the radio comes up and he just goes, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, did you just lose it or something? It shows the replay. No, Sergeant just locked it up and smashed you. And... <laughs> I, I love Sorry the, about the, that. The post-race interview, <laughs> the, the post-race interview with Logan Sergeant. He's like, I don't know why he even tried to go around the side. <laughs> he's basically saying that as soon as he touched the brakes, it locked up and Botas should have seen that and, you know, not, tried to make that move it's like people shouldn't have to adjust their driving style because you're incompetence (laughs) (laughs) go you are are fully embracing the nicholas latifi at this point and i've tried so hard to be supportive of this guy and to be like you know they need to just play it out let him develop yeah development year but when you're let's see as of last week, he was up to an estimated $2.79 million of damage on that car, which is the number, He's number one, one. Yeah, in the Destructors Championship. And that was before everything he did this weekend. So that's clear of $3 million, way clear at this point. So for you to be doing this to a team that doesn't have the budget of a Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, it's pretty damning. And so you don't need to be doing this kind of crap. You're also on probably the chillest team you could be on. You're on the team that is most willing, it seems, to allow you to have some oopsies and carry on and call it a development year. All you have to do is not be number one in the, in the Destructors Championship. <laughs> All you have to do is don't be number one there. Maybe have a weekend without an oopsie, right? Yeah. Hey, even if you don't score a point, at least you're not costing the team money. You finished the race, and that's what they want. Just finish the race. Like, yeah, it's oof. Um, and then, so that same <laughs> lap, so lap five, Botas off track, Sergeant you know, plows into him. We also had the Russell-Hamilton fight going back and forth where Russell or Hamilton shoved Russell off the track and was like, nope, not yep. happening. This is my spot. There is definitely, we're going to get into, I've got a theory we're going to get into at the end of the race, and they're, they're part of it. But that was uh, that was some hard not very friendly racing from Lewis. There has been multiple weekends now where the Mercedes boys have put on the greatest show in the race. I love watching them go back and forth. I love it when they're together because you know, it's, it's going to be good racing. It's mostly clean every once in a while, you know, Lewis will put his elbows out, you know, George will do the same, but they provide so much entertainment when they're racing together. I love it. And you and also I, know I'm glad that they allow it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because Mercedes allows it. They are, they are very open that you are free to race. We are not giving team orders unless there's a blatant reason for team orders. Y'all are free to race. It, They'll just, just pull one into clean. the pits if it gets a little too hot. <laughs> yeah, but it, that makes for a ton of fun. Um, so right, lap seven, I got Botas is now back in the pits for a second time. 
Uh, and I really think at this point, like he was already a full lap down. I think it was clear that, hey, this is going to be a developmental race. Alfa Romeo still has got a long way to go. Sorry, Botas. We're going to throw some new tires and a new wing on and uh, let's go get some more information. Um, lap 10, I've got Perez hits a five second penalty for safety car infringement. And the, the commentators went back and forth on this a ton because he very clearly came screaming out of the pits and passed a whole bunch of cars under a safety car, but then immediately like hit the brakes and let them all by. Kind of dumb on his part, but hey, not necessarily a, a five-second penalty. But then they found out it was before the pit. He dove in, slammed on the gas, diving into the pits and passed. I, I don't remember who was right in front of them. But they were like, okay, well, that is worth a five-second penalty because he clearly gained speed passing that guy under a safety car going right. into the pit lane. So, yeah, five-second penalty. What are you doing? Like, Perez, is a rookie move. You've been around this for, what are we going on, 11 years? Yep. Like, so that, that's strike two for Perez. Let's keep count. So first, he messed up the start, hit somebody, which might be two strikes right there. <laughs> so anyways, and now his second strike going into the pits. Let's let's keep counting the strikes because there's more coming. <laughs> uh, lap twelve. Oh, <laughs> it's just just two laps later. We get Perez channeling channeling his inner Logan Sargent, his inner <laughs> Latifi, and just smashes the side of freaking Magnuson. <laughs> like, <laughs> what in the world? It was almost the same thing that Sargent did to Bottas. Yeah, and then spun Magnuson around, and I love his radio message. I have front wing damage again. <laughs> <laughs> I liked when the cars were facing each other because Magnus is facing the wrong way. I just imagine Kevin sitting in the cockpit giving Perez the bird. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's going to do it, it's K-Mag. Like, he, will, he will get out and fight you. <laughs> um, just ridiculous. So we got so Perez comes back around. We get a VSC on lap 14. And that VSC actually hooked up Piastri majorly because he was already in the pits. Yep. VSC, everyone slows down. He got, it wasn't a free pit stop, but he definitely got a beneficial pit stop. Um, again, just to pick up all of the carbon from the track, from all of the crashing going on. Uh, yep. And then, uh, so here we are with Perez on his third front wing. Yep. And, and lap 15, they decide to retire him. So yep. we think. <laughs> his first all right so last week we spoke about how uh lance stroll unlocked the new achievement by crashing out of the race 24 hours in advance this week sergio perez unlocked the new achievement by dnfing twice from the same race <laughs> <laughs> just when you think it's over and i saw me it was like red bull's the only team that can dnf twice and still win the race <laughs> in the fastest lap <laughs> i saw that one <laughs> That oh was pretty God. ridiculous. We'll get into it when he comes back out, but yeah. Oh, man. Um, so Perez retires lap 15. Lap 17, we have another Mercedes battle. Who's great? Yeah. George and Lewis were just going at it. <laughs> and I loved Lewis's, uh, Lewis's engineer on that one came out because he saw it coming, and he was like, just please keep it clean. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't, just don't take each other out. Give plenty of space. Um, so I think at this point, so we're at lap 17. People start realizing a couple of cars have pitted and they realize the undercut is strong, but they're also realizing the tire dig is high. And so, and we see that on lap 21 with Alonzo. 
Um, he had pitted early. He was started on on the softs, pitted at like lap twelve, and they think the softs could have gone to eighteen to twenty. So they pit him at lap twelve, throw on the set of hards, and he's fast. He he's real fast on that. But all of a sudden, the hards just fall off. And I loved it. Just classic. I don't know if it's because he's Spanish. You know, I don't know if the idioms. You know, when they translate to English from Spanish or if it's just him. But I loved he was like, you've thrown me to the lions. <laughs> um, just, uh, every time he said, it's always something with lions, too. It's, Battling know, like it a lion, defending like a lion. It's such. Ocon it's, had it's the heart passion. of a lion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You hear it's like the old saying about like the Latin lover, like everything is just done with passion. And you could yeah. feel the passion with Alonzo. And yes, yeah, he was and, just getting picked off left and right at that point. He was if the tires weren't it made for I'm sure it made for some interesting stuff for the engineers and the strategists being like, OK, undercut is strong, but that's also because the tires are falling off. If we were planning a one stopper, we probably should be planning a two stopper now, which Ferrari and Red Bull clearly were planning a two stoppers. They went medium to medium, um, but it, it definitely made for some interesting stuff. Also, lap 21 stroll retires for rear wing failure. It's kind of out of nowhere. I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen anything more on that, but I guess. Sure. I, I don't know if it, I, I'm kind of wondering if Daddy Stroll was just like, bring him in. He's embarrassing us. Just to <laughs> break something. Just a yeah, he was, is better than finishing in 18th. He was kind of just nowhere this weekend. Yeah. Just not good. Might be a seat there opening up. Ooh. Uh, five laps later, lap 26, Logan Sargent retires. Yes, and um, so now, now we can start racing because <laughs> that's the other thing we're before we were talking about how like I said you need people like Stroll and Logan Sargent, Nicholas TV because they're a wild card and they make the race exciting. Well, finally on lap twenty fifth, you now had Nicholas Latif. I'm sorry, you now had Logan Sargent <laughs> yeah. completed slip up. Logan Sargent, Lance Stroll, and the new wild card Checo Perez were all out of the race. Right, so now okay, so guys. We think. Yeah, so we think, yeah. It's like, all right, so now the children are in bed. We can have our fun and, like, have some good, clean gentleman racing. But, yeah, just wait for the return. <laughs> One lap later, Perez is back in the car. Everybody's like, what? He's like, what's then, so happening? He got a five-second penalty, you know, rightfully so, for causing an incident with K-Mag. And apparently the stewards decided that even though he retired from the race, he still needs to to serve his penalty, which to me just seems like the most bureaucratic who up there says that's a good idea. He is out of the race, but penalize him anyway, bring him back into the race for his penalty. That doesn't make any difference. <laughs> and like, I can't imagine what was it a week or two ago? They fined max for five grand for something stupid. Like, yeah, I'm sure Checo was like, please let me go away. This has been a really bad case. Just <laughs> find me $5,000 and let's like, why do I have to get back in the car? Okay. So did a little bit of digging and uh, where is it? So per article 54.3 of the Ooh, FIA rule. We're citing sources now. I like we're <laughs> professional. <laughs> yes. There are a couple different penalties that you can get. So there's the five second penalty, there's a 10 second, and then a, uh, uh, was it a five second stop and go, whatever. You know, there's three different penalties that you can get. But the way they are is if you get your penalty in the race and then you do not serve your penalty, it then converts to a three place grid penalty in the following race. So that five seconds would have been a three place grid penalty 
in the next race um in in uh where are we going next qatar qatar but there's nothing in the rule book that says you can't unretire <laughs> and then come back out and serve it which is what red bull did which i cannot knock red bull for this because they exploited the shit out of a loophole and like they obviously knew the rules and they're like all right well let's just bring him back do yeah. a lap pit stop serve the penalty send him back out for one more lap and then we'll call it good my issue with this is what if he would have came out and hit somebody else so <laughs> right <laughs> like just ruined somebody else's race <laughs> another five second penalty <laughs> like how often are we gonna do this right but could you imagine if you came out and like had contact with max or something like that and ruined that you could have but totally yeah. gone like old school hockey on it like if max was under a ton of pressure from lando be like okay sergio here's how you right. earn your number two seat <laughs> do you want to be here next year yeah right so i'm i would not be surprised if very quickly that rule that loophole is not closed up um, but yeah, good on them for, you know, exploiting that and not having to, you know, take that grip penalty next week or it's in two hilarious. weeks. It is. It is. Absolutely. So. hilarious. So on that same lap, Albon retires. So both Williams in two laps out of the race, just, and I mean, there, I don't think there's any crazy damage. I think the car was just damaged enough from Albon going up on one wheel and slamming down and carbon everywhere that it was like, we're not even competing at this point. Why are we wasting time on parts? Yeah. It can't be developmental because the floor is damaged. So you can't, you know, understand more of the car. It's not acting right. Retiring. It Smart. sucks. Um. So I got, you know, kind of from there for a little while, it was just kind of business as usual. There's little battles here and there, nothing too crazy. Um, <laughs> because the wild though, cards were gone. <laughs> yeah. I love though. Um, so Lewis Hamilton pitted and went on mediums. George Russell, they told to stay out. He was going to do a one stopper. You know, we had a couple of, you know, the McLarens were clearly on a two stop. They did their pits and lap 37 signs comes on the radio and goes i guess we've been undercut his engineer comes back yes confirmed <laughs> very smart very very astute observation carlos <laughs> yep it just felt very much like signs was like have we been fucked and his engineer was like yes confirmed we have fucked you again <laughs> Uh, they're just so dry and nonchalant about it too <laughs> yes confirmed <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the ferrari race engineers are like a robot or something like there's no which i guess you, your engineer needs to not be an emotional wreck at all but just the I ferrari mean, ones are just so dry yeah right oh for sure but yeah with ferrari you got charlotte claire's who's always like yes checking or something like that or yeah. <laughs> it's just always Coffee. so dry yeah um Lap 40, Perez is back. So they brought him out at lap 40, did a lap, pitted, did another lap, retired. It was funny because when they put him back in the car, because you're like, oh, he's coming back out. And then they show, you know, 10 laps later, he's still sitting in the car. For a yeah, while, I was in like. in the car in lap 27. They sent him out at lap 40. So he <laughs> sat for 20 minutes. I was curious if Helmet Marco was in the garage and was just like, put him on punishment. It's like, no, you will sit in the car <laughs> and you will finish the race there. <laughs> Think about what you did. <laughs> Making a couple of uh, Latin American slurs while he's in there. And <laughs> like, 
back in the car. <laughs> but yeah, and then, you know, I and I'm sure like kind of like what the commentators are saying, I'm sure there was a lot of back and forth with race control. Like here, yeah. here's what we're going to do. And race control is like, no, I don't think you can. And they're like, no, I think we can. And then yeah. finally race control is like, well, doesn't say they can't do it, you know? Yeah. I'm but sure yeah, Perez back out to do, you know, just slap the face of the the people who make the rules and just show them like we're Red Bull and we're going to get around this. I was kind of cracking up because it was very clear what they were going to do, but they kept on bringing Perez's engineer radio on. It was very official box box. He's like confirm box. And then like he came around and he was like box. We are retiring car. It's <laughs> like I would it would be hard for me not to make jokes. Like yes. as the engineer, like Prez knows what he's doing. You probably don't need to tell him box box, but I would maybe just see if anyone's listening in. Be like box for enters, box for enters. Be- <laughs> I'm sure though. I was thinking about it from Checo's perspective. He's completely distraught. I'm sure at this point, he's oh, yeah. completely screwed his entire weekend. When there's constant pressure, he's got Liam Lawson, you know, outscoring Yuki, getting points. And he's just like, I don't need this. I just want to go and just sit in my cold ice bath and just yeah, go to, you know, take a nap or whatever. And they're like, no, we need you back in the car. And then he gets back in the car and he's just like, oh, come on. And I like, you're going to go back out. Helmet Marco being like, get back. <laughs> you will sit there. You will watch Max win. Get that fan off of him. He doesn't deserve to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we get kind of racing as normal. Max, is, I was mad. I called that Max was going to win the race by 30 seconds. He was maintaining a 20-second lead. I was quite aggravated with that. Um, like, come on, Max. You know you got more in the tank. <laughs> there's more in the car. Um, but then we get to lap 49, four laps to go, and we have the Russell-Hamilton signs issue. So... Set the stage. Russell is out front. Hamilton is clearly being faster than Russell and being held up by Russell because he can't pass him on the straightaway. And Signs is quickly approach, approaching Hamilton. What do you do? Dude, and it was awesome because you hear how Lewis is like, I want to pass. Like, yeah. tell him to swap cars. But that's dangerous because Signs is right there. So swapping cars there's a high probability that Sainz is going to also swap right through. Well, and Sainz was like um, three seconds back. So if Mercedes had swapped immediately, Lewis probably could have right. ran away a little bit more, but he was fast approaching. They needed to make a decision. They needed to make it fast. Right. And it seemed like at that point, once they didn't make the decision, like just hold what you got, do the same thing that Sainz did last year or last week. You've got Russell up front, who's a little bit slower, but Lewis has DRS and is quicker and is kind of able and to defend. Tires. Yep, exactly. And then so it was kind of interesting that they took so long to make the call to tell them to swap. Um, and then, I mean, you saw as soon as it happened, like it didn't take long for signs to get past Russell as well. Even though Lewis was trying to give him DRS, it just it didn't work. Well, and signs was just on dead tires. You saw from that rear view camera, his exit out of the final corner was bad. He was sliding so much like signs and Lewis were both on fresher tires. Russell was a sitting duck. Um, when I originally, when they made the call to swap them, you know, Russell was, I agreed with Russell at first where he was like, why don't we just do like we did last week? Like signs did last week. Like I'll give Russ, you know, Hamilton's already got DRS, use him to defend against signs. And they were like, Hey man, team orders move. And he conceded and did. And, you know, Hamilton kind of ran away a little bit then reeled it back in for him to get DRS. 
But as I thought about it more afterwards, I think it was the right call because I do think that they were in serious threat of that Ferrari just passing both of the Mercedes. I think they did the right thing by being like, sorry, Russell, you're on dead tires, bad strategy on our part. Like you're a sitting duck and you're a goner, but let Lewis run away and keep that place. Yeah, at least try Um, to, you know, provide a little bit of a buffer so that Lewis can build a little bit more of a gap before signs gets by you. We got three or four laps. Lewis is a better defender and a better driver, like, and you're a sitting duck. So let's let Lewis go run. Um, I do think it was probably the right call, but a lot of drama behind that call. That debrief room afterwards was probably quite hot. There's a couple debrief rooms. I'm sure were pretty hot. So the race ends. Max Verstappen wins by 19.3 seconds. Lando Norris in second. Oscar Piastri gets his maiden podium in third place. Leclerc is in fourth, which I don't even remember seeing Leclerc the entire race. He must have just had... A good race, which is rare from Ferrari. I'm happy. I was very surprised to see Leclerc in fourth place. Uh, Hamilton pulled in fifth. Carlos signed sixth. Russell in seven. Alonso eight. Ocon nine. Pierre Gasly ten. We need to talk about that. Yes. Liam Lawson, 11th place. Yuki Tsunoda, 12th place. And then the rest is all irrelevant. Yep. Um, Let's get into Yuki and Esteban. Yuki and Esteban? Pierre and Esteban. (laughs) Like, wait a second. Oh, my God. So they didn't show this during the race. This wasn't until after the fact. I saw something posted on social media about uh, Gasly being super pissed off. Throwing a tantrum. Throwing a tantrum in the car. And then I went back and I watched his final, I think, like three laps on board. And it was wild because he's going around. He was, I think, three seconds clear of Esteban Ocon. And they come over the radio and they're like, hey, we want you to swap cars on the last lap. And he was like, are you serious? <laughs> and it was it was so because it, it went on for like a lap and a half. He's and he's like pleading with him. Yeah. Like, and they're like at the end, he was just like, please just swap. And then it was so funny. The way he did it was such an exaggerated. He essentially parked it on the last turn right before yeah. the, the final straight and let Esteban go by and then lost his shit <laughs> after he went through the finish line. I wish throwing his hands. Gone. He was hitting the the halo at one point. It was hilarious. And the engineer, the funny part was the engineer is just like, no need to say anything. We'll discuss it afterwards. <laughs> like, yeah. basically, like, we know this is going to be replayed. Let's not make a big production out of it. But, yeah, it, it was wild. It, to me, it didn't make sense. You got it P9 did, and though, P10. Because what they didn't cover is that they had swapped the cars under team orders to let Pierre try and go run down Alonzo. Pierre was faster than Ocon was. And so they gave the team orders for them to swap for him to try and pass Alonzo. Three laps left. He's clearly not passing Alonzo. Alonzo was a couple seconds ahead of him. So they're like, hey, we gave team orders to swap for you to try and chase Alonzo. You didn't do it. Team orders again, swap it back. It's Ocon's. Ocon has ninth place. We told him to give it up. So now you need to give it up. It's his place. Makes sense to me. Like, hey, you had your chance. If you'd passed Alonzo, those team orders wouldn't have come down. But you couldn't. So. Like it's back to the status quo as it was before, as it was earned on the racetrack for him to throw such a tantrum over it. There is a lot, I think underneath the surface, uh, either at Alpine in general, or if it's between Pierre and Ocon still, I don't know, but I think it's a lot of it. Cause they keep saying like, Oh, all their, their former beef. That's not a thing anymore. It's been squashed. I don't think it necessarily really has like, they're probably playing nice. But it's it's a very thin string or thread that's holding that relationship together. And couple that with the fact that 
he is gone to a team. He made a complete career move, went to a team that basically imploded after he got there. It took There's a step like, back. Yeah, zero direction. They're fighting at the very back of the pack right now. And I think just all of it, the frustration is starting to build up. And then they're like, hey, we need you to give up your spot and give it back to Ocon. And I think it's just the last straw at this point. He's completely defeated and just pissed off at everything right now. And yeah, I cannot yeah. wait to see how this unfolds for the rest of the season. Oh, I, <laughs> I mean, it's not like Pierre hasn't taken both of the cars out twice already this year. Yeah. <laughs> What's one more? What's one more? Oh, man, if he would have just done it right there, like when he parked it in that final chicane and oh. just yanked it. <laughs> oh, like, that would have been if awesome. I, if I can't have my P9, nobody can. <laughs> <laughs> so. Race is over. Phenomenal job. Oscar Piastri cracked a smile for a quick second on the uh, podium. <laughs> Red Bull he is sure constructor's did. champions for the sixth time. And yep. uh, great race. Tons of drama. So I want to unpack a couple of things. One, Lando now has tied Perez for the most second place finishes of the season. Lando Ooh. Norris, let's, McLaren, let's wind back to the front half of the season. Ooh. I don't know if everyone remembers this, but Red Bull has been incredibly dominant in the fastest track car by a mile, and McLaren was battling Williams for P you know, 18 and 19 in the back until two races before the summer break. They've had five races now as a decent car, five or six. And Lando Norris has tied Perez for the most second-place finishes behind Max. WTF, mate. Oh, man. Not looking good for Mr. Checo, who is in the fastest car by far and is now been tied for second place by Lando. Yeah, it's not looking good for him. Lando also now owns the record for the most points scored without a uh, a first place finish. Victory. Yep. Yeah. He passed the uh, old Nico Hulkenberg. <laughs> Here is my unpopular opinion. Ooh. Perez is a good number two driver and will stay in that Red Bull seat. He is non-dramatic. He takes team orders. It is clear that he is a number two. And you have a situation like Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Botas, like uh, Schumacher and uh, Barrichello, Rubens Barrichello, um, where it is crystal clear that you will never finish a race in front of Max if Max is not DNF'd. Like, you will always take team orders. I bet they have it in the contract now. Like, if you are in front of Max and Max approaches you, you will jump out of the way as if they're, you're a back marker and they're running blue flags at you. Like, but in that sense, you know, Max has won the world championship basically already and has locked up the constructors championship by himself. He has 400 points. P2 constructor Mercedes has 300 and like 20. <laughs> With that being said, I think that Mercedes, like in hindsight and with what's happening lately with George Russell having not a, you know, Lewis is the clear number one driver, but you have a very, very strong number two. And now there's drama and there's stuff happening and they're pushing each other off the track. And it kind of reminds me of 2015 with Nico Rosberg. Like, you, if you want to win the world drivers championship every year and probably the constructors champion, you need a number one and a number two. Let Max be super Max, and number two picks up the scraps and doesn't cause drama and gets out of the way. 
And I think for all of those reasons, Mac or Checo will stay in that seat. He needs to perform a little better. It's not great media right now, but I don't think they want to put Danny Rick in that car. Can you imagine the drama that would start unfolding if Danny Rick started challenging Max? Like, well, I mean, you remember the drama that was happening last time Danny Rick and Max were on the same team. They took each other out a couple times. Uh, I forget what that one street race was, um, but he basically ran right into the back of Max and they both DNF'd out of that one. It was very reminiscent of Rosberg and Hamilton back in the day. So I think you're right, man. You, You can't have two people vying for that top spot. It's going to lead to problems and it's going to create fireworks. I mean, look what's going on at, at Alpine right now. I think both of those drivers, they, they think they're number one driver over yeah. there. And it's, you know, it, it's starting to boil up and over. And I think that we could potentially be seeing that um, happening at Mercedes again, too, as you've got yeah. the old dog kind of on the downward side of his career and you've got Russell coming up and he's hungry. And I think that he's going to try to take that alpha spot. I think he's going to try to. I think that Lewis is still, Russell is a hell of a driver and a ton of, of talent. He's not Lewis Hamilton. Not yet. Not, nope, not yet. Um, and so for all of those reasons, Checo needs better outings than this, for sure. But I don't think he's at risk of Danny Rick moving up into that Red Bull. I think it'd be a bad move by Red Bull, and I think they're aware of that. They yeah. very much run a senior-junior operation there. Yeah. Um, and I think they'd be smart to keep it that way. Yeah, and I mean, they still have Danny in the Red Bull family, which is what everybody wants, which is what Danny said he wants. He wants to finish his career there. They still got him there. Even if Liam Lawson is a better driver, Danny Ricardo comes with a lot of PR, a lot of fans, a lot of good, positive energy, which is what Red Bull needs right now because everybody's getting fed up of seeing Red Bull being so dominant. It happens every time there's a domination by any team. Yep. But right now, they're kind of seen as the villain. Everybody wants to see him do bad. But hey, we got Danny Rick here. So, you know, be all happy and jolly. Do your song and dance, Danny. And we're going to give Alpha Tauri the RB19 last year, next year. They're going to be challenging and like that boosts the Red Bull image. So for all those reasons, I think Checo's seat is safe as long as he, you know, he's kind of Logan Sargent right now. It's like, hey, we need you to do a little bit better. Okay. This, is, this has been a really bad weekend for you. We need a little bit more. But if, as long as he keeps that, I believe Christian Horner when he says Checo's seat is safe because it probably is. It's safe for how long? Are you are you suggesting that they're going to re-sign him or do you think he's just safe I, in his I, current contract? I think he's going to stay in his current contract until another constructor is able to compete with Red Bull. He is not a strong enough driver to ensure that a Russell Hamilton playing nice, Mercedes gets their shit together, doesn't win the constructor's championship then I think he'll lose his seat. But as long as Red Bull stays this dominant, I wouldn't shake it up. Yep. And I think next year is going to be interesting because you've got Mercedes, who's getting their shit together, two great drivers, and now you've got McLaren. Exactly. And two awesome drivers. So there's going to be that Constructors' Championship next year is not a given by any means. So that's going to be exciting. So so I'm ex- I'm interested, but that's my that was my conclusion at the end of this weekend. Checo's not going anywhere next year, not until another team can challenge Red Bull. I agree. I think it's very smart. So, heroes and zeros. Heroes and zeros. Let's do it. Let's uh, as uh, always. We'll start with our zeros. Do you want to go first? Sure. My zeros are like half the field. Uh, the Williams, <laughs> um, Botas, um, Perez, 
the Alpine team, the Stewarts. Uh, I was very not impressed with the you know some of the Stewarts calls. Is about half the field is on my zero list. <laughs> Just uh, a, a weekend as you started with to forget for a lot of them. I mean, Logan Sargent clearly a zero, but Williams in general, both cars DNF. Lance Stroll WTF? Like the Alpine team. Good God. <laughs> I could go on for a while. I could rant and rave on this one. <laughs> oh, the zeros are supposed to be three. You're saying there's too many to even choose from. There's too many to count. Where did you put yours at? I would say I. you've got all of mine on there. Perez, if I had to pick three, Perez is a big fat zero for the weekend. Yeah. Sergeant is a big fat zero for the weekend. And then, you know, I went with that article 54.3. Which yeah. you know allowed the loophole in there, which again is going to be closed up, I'm sure, pretty soon. But yeah, those are those would be mine. But yeah, like you, there's a ton of people that are definitely honorable mentions on the zero list for this weekend. Let's go to heroes. My list is a lot shorter. Okay, <laughs> what do you got? Red Bull, six-time constructors' championship, locking it up with seven races to go in the season. Uh, absolute dominance this year. Uh, congrats. Yeah, for sure. Uh, McLaren, McLaren as a team from where they started this year to where they are right now, I think McLaren would be a solid P2 in the constructors if it wasn't for how bad they started the season going six or seven races out of the gate with no points or very, very minimal, very much hamstrung them, but kudos to them for bringing so much upgrade to that car. Um, and then I, 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 it's kind of a number three, but I want to call it the McLaren driver specifically. Oscar Piastri, rookie year, podium finish on merit. Not because there was craziness. That was an on merit podium. Congrats yep. to him. And Lando Norris was 17 seconds clear of Oscar on merit. Like <laughs> Lando is, is Lando. He's awesome. I, I want to call kind of both of them out. McLaren's got a hell of a duo there. And uh, just, I've got nothing but congrats for those guys. I got to go buy a McLaren hat. Yeah, there we go. Actually, McLaren right now is running a, oh, it's over, I think. It was 24 hours, a 60% off on their merch uh, because oh, of the I double totally podium. Hat. Um, man, yeah, but uh, I agree, man. A lot of those, I also had Red Bull and McLaren. and But since you had those on there, I had some alternates. So I would like okay. to say Super Max, man, he came out and made a statement. He was like, look, last weekend clearly was a fluke, right? That was, was a, a poor setup on the car. Yeah, exactly. I wanted some excitement. He came out this weekend and I think just shoved it in the face of all of the haters and everybody talking crap and was number one in every session, not even close. That yeah. qualifying lap that he put in, well, at Q3. Half a second clear of the field. Yes. Every qualifying lap he did in Q3 was the best lap ever. And you're watching his onboards no mistakes and it just yeah. kept getting better and faster um so yeah max and i'll say my other one i really want to shout out this guy liam lawson man yeah to come out and essentially come off of reserve status get put in a car that's not a good car and he has outperformed yuki i want to say twice now um twice i don't have sure. all the stats in front of me but yeah he you know to finish p11 and yuki p12 this weekend liam lawson deserves a lot of credit his future is bright. I know he's been frustrated by being passed over by Nick DeVries and then Danny Ricardo. But hang tight, young man. Your time is coming. 
You've earned a seat in Formula One, I think. Oh, for sure. For sure. So uh, good on him. Will it be blue or will it be green? Oof. I think, let's go to I the think he's okay. Let's do it. Pole position. I had Max. Pole position. I too. No, I didn't. I had Lando. You did not. Oh, I had Lando and it was almost the other McLaren driver. P3, Carlos Sainz. Missed that one. Yeah, I did too. I had Lando. P2, I had Lando. I got it. Good job. P2, I had Sir Lewis Hamilton. Nope. Holding the case. No. P1 was Supermax, I think, for both. Supermax. Yep, for sure. My wild card was Lawson was going to outdo Yuki Sonoda. Oh, it was. I forgot about that. Good job. Mine was there would be a Ferrari power unit failure. So one of the Ferrari powered cars and they all finished the race. So yeah. while it wasn't good on my I prediction, mean, good on Ferrari power race, units. But, you know, you know, what? if he would have went the distance, that car would have blown up and then I would have <laughs> got probably it. <laughs> it's been a oh, long man. time since we've had a Ferrari power unit catch fire. I think it's about time again. I, that's what you would think. But maybe maybe they've turned a corner in their <laughs> reliability. We Let's should do so. Far. There's an interesting. I've looked into it. We could do a whole episode on it. You know, they froze the development of all of the power units except for reliability issues. Hmm. So yeah, they maybe they have got it together then. All power units are not allowed to be developed further for more power efficiency. Any of that stuff only for reliability issues. Which is why I think we're seeing that the Mercedes-powered cars are still kind of underpowered, but they're not allowed to up the power on them. Yeah. Um, and why I think we're seeing reliability improvements for Ferrari. Well, good on them. Good on them. That's all I got. Great time this weekend. It was, man. I'm excited for, well, Qatar is coming up. We got what? A break. And then we got Qatar coming up. Yep, and then we got too. US. So I'm pumped for the US race specifically. We've got Haas coming out with what they're calling a B-Spec car, which is a completely new car that is supposed to be modeled heavily or heavily influenced by Red Bull. So that'll be exciting once we get to the U.S. Um, but yeah, Qatar is going to be a good race, and I'm excited for what the future has. I think we only got, what, seven races left at this point? Seven. Getting close. A couple more races, and we'll be in Brazil. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. All right, guys, if you like this podcast, make sure you leave us a rating and a review and share it with a friend. And we'll be back next week uh, as we build up for Qatar. So uh, unless you got anything else, Dylan, I think that's it. That's all I got, Kurt. All right. Well, on that note, stay classy, America. We'll see you next time.